The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today's sermon is the first half of a very weighty message brought by Elder John Morgan Owens on the topic of orphans. In our society today, children are looked upon as burdens, and for many, many years, our country has been sacrificing children on the altar of choice and convenience under the abominable practice of abortion. We stand on the cusp of a change in that law, but just overturning Roe versus Wade doesn't fix all the problems. You see, being pro-life means more than being pro-birth. As the Church of God, it's our duty to step up and show the love of God to those children that have been abandoned by parents and who have been born into difficult and desperate circumstances. And isn't that exactly what God did to us? He tells us that when our fathers and mothers forsake us, the Lord will take us up. I hope you, like me, will engage in some deep self-reflection as you listen to this message today and tomorrow by Elder John Morgan Owens on the topic of orphans. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Psalm 27. If you'll turn over there with me. Psalm 27, there's been something that's been on my mind this week. And uh, I'll, I'll warn you <laughs> right out the gate that this is a, this is a heavy subject, okay? It's, it's, uh, it's very heavy to think about emotionally. Uh, verse 10 of Psalm 27, now that you're all primed <laughs> and you're worried about what we're going to talk about, uh, verse 10 says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I want to talk about uh, orphans and fatherless uh, today. Uh, as I said, this is it's a very heavy topic. We're all touched with it in some way. I, I believe we're touched with it in more ways than you think. If you go over to uh, Isaiah 49, if you want to read that with me also, Isaiah 49, there's untold number of passages in Scripture that touch on the orphans, it'll, it'll often say this, it'll often say the fatherless and the widows. Now, you, uh, you sisters don't be offended. What, it, what it's referring to there, when it says the fatherless and the widows, it's talking about people who are in a condition that they cannot help themselves. They are, they are trapped. You know, so think about a, a world where the men are the uh, breadwinners, where the men are, are providing um, materially for their families. And being in that situation, not having uh, rights uh, to hold property and all kinds of other things uh, as a woman, and then your husband dies. You know, and, and the helpless condition that that puts you in. That's why God is so compassionate to the needs of the widows, okay? It is, it is uh, instructed to the church that we are to care for the widows. It also says the fatherless. Can you imagine being a child and, and the provider for your family passes away or abandons you? Whatever the case may be, that is absolutely helpless. And God has a heart for helpless people. He has a heart for all of us. We're all helpless, broken, abandoned children, okay? Isaiah 49 is what I was taking us to. And verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Have you ever been in the situation where you have said that God has abandoned me? We've all felt it. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? He's saying, he's saying in reaction to that sort of thinking, he's saying, are you crazy? <laughs> Can a woman forget the child that she is nursing? I mean, it, there is something biologically that God has given us. It's a powerful impulse to care for our children. He says, can a woman forget her child? And then he says, yea, they may forget. Even that powerful compulsion that God has given us has, has been abandoned at times. You hear these horror stories of, of even mothers that abandon children at birth or whatever the case may be. 
And as, as heart-wrenching as that must be on that mother with all of the, the built-in uh, biological impulses that God has given her to care for that child, and yet she still pushes through that to abandon. And that's heart-wrenching. He says, it even happens with them, but I will not forget you. They may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. That your God loves his people so very much that he would grave your names into the palms of his hands. That's not, just a, that's not just a tattoo, okay? That's a scar in his hand. I mean, you can, you can have some type of fancy laser surgery to take away tattoos, but you can't take away scarring. That is there. And your God would love you enough that he would love me enough to mar his perfect hands by putting my name there. Now that is... That is a God that will not abandon you no matter how abandoned you feel in this world. Now this message is, is for those who are fatherless, who are orphans uh, naturally. God loves you. It's, it's, this message is for the people who have in their past have abandoned children. You know, if, if you're listening to this message, whether it's on the podcast or, or sometime in the future, and you are in the situation where you have abandoned a child before. There is grace in the love of God for that even. There is grace. The blood of Christ is sufficient for my sins. It's sufficient for the sins of Manasseh who sacrificed his children. It's sufficient for every single one of his children, period. We may, we may think, oh, well, that's a terrible terrible thing but the love of God is deep enough and wide enough to cover all of the sins of all of his people but this message is for every single one of us okay even if you even if you're like me and you've been blessed with wonderful parents that have never abandoned you uh, that have been so good to you even even all of us (laughs) can understand that we are uh, abandoned children in our nature, okay? Go with me to Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel. We've been here many times and look at this passage many times. Ezekiel 16, Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother a Hittite. And as for thy nativity, in the day that thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. You know, he's reminding Israel. You know, before Israel gets all high and mighty and lifted up because they're the chosen people of God. You know, we can do that, okay? 
We believe in a doctrine where your God, before the foundation of the world, saw you and chose you as his people. Not just primitive Baptists, okay? Some, some people say, well, you think that only primitive Baptists are the elect. And there are, some, there are some denominations that hold to something of that line of teaching. No, we believe that the family of God is not hindered by, by the way you identify. It's not hindered by your belief. It is solely in the purpose of God and that his love reaches all of his children, wherever they are. Wherever, whoever they think they believe in, right? God is so much better than we can ever imagine, right? But he's saying, you, you chosen people, I'm going to remind you. You know, lest you begin to think that the Lord looked down and saw that you were an amazing person and that you were a good person, and that's why he chose you and didn't choose maybe some others. He says, no, it's not like that at all. Your birth, your birth was so unceremonious that your parents abandoned you. They didn't even, they didn't even clean you up. They just tossed you aside. They didn't even salt you. They didn't even swaddle you. They just left you for dead out in the wilderness. That's who you are. And we need to remember that. <laughs> you know, I say this often. We often start our theology in looking at the total depravity, at, at our total deadness and the condition that we're in. And it's, we don't just do that to just continuously tear you down, right? We do that because it reminds us of who God is. Because He's, he's not just some fickle God like like a fickle person like I am, you know, it's easy for me to like somebody that likes me. It's easy for me to like people that are good people, right? But now, he's not like that. <laughs> he loves you, even though you have absolutely nothing to offer him. He loves you even though you're his enemy. None I pity thee, to have any of these unto thee, to have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. You know, spiritually, we are all abandoned orphan children as if we were born and and cast aside. This world cares nothing for you. This world could care less about you. It's so sad that we care so much about the world, don't we? <laughs> we care so much about who is elected to office. And look, we have a duty as God's people to be responsible citizens, okay? But you know, if the person that you disapprove of gets elected, guess what? <laughs> the world goes on, right? You know what happens when, when the economy is starting to go down? <laughs> you start to see the red in your ledger book. The world goes on, you know? We care so much about it, but it could give a rip about us. It doesn't care. That's what he's saying. He's saying the world has cast you out 
You are, uh, you are a forsaken child in the world's eyes. And not only that, but when, when our forefather, Adam, sinned in the garden and we were represented in him, you realize that ever since the days of Adam, there has been a, a constant stream of, of inheritance leading all the way back to Adam. It's not as if the Lord remade man at any point. You know, you're all uh, genetic examples of Adam and Eve, right? When he fell in sin, we were dead in our trespasses and in sins, and we were abandoned children, fatherless children, but when God comes to you in this beautiful new birth, what does He do? Does, does He look at you and see some redeeming quality within you? Does He say, oh, this person would be very helpful to me? No, He sees an abandoned child. He sees a child that was not loved enough even to be cleaned up. There is no compassion. There is no love for this child. You know, you would imagine even if a child was, was uh, born and did not survive, that they would have at least cleaned the child, right? Either way, we see a, a heart-wrenching image of a child that nobody cares about. But somebody, somebody cares about this child. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Your God comes to you and he loves you so much despite yourself, despite the nasty, terrible image that you are. He says unto you, live. Now that is when God takes you and he says, you are mine. The world may not care about you, but I care about you. I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased and waxen great, and thou art, uh, thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, and thy hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. See, not only does he just come to this child and say, live, I'm going, to change, I'm going to change your outcome from you dying out here alone and abandoned in the wilderness to being alive. No, it's so much greater than that. God doesn't just come to us and give us life. He makes us his children. And we live as Sons and daughters to the king of the universe. He, he lays these ornaments and these, these clothes on us to clothe our nakedness. He gives us these jewels as you'll see later. He adorns us as if we were a bride on her wedding day. That is amazing. <laughs> you know, it is, it's mercy. It's mercy that God comes 
And he says to this child in this terrible situation, live. It's mercy that he comes to us. And he says, I am not going to cast you into hell, even though you deserve it. But it is grace. It is grace that God says to this child, not only am I not going to allow you to die here, I'm going to make you my child. And you will live for me. You will live with me in the palace. Did you know that your destiny, your destiny as one of His children purchased on the cross, it is not to just not burn in hell. Your destiny is to be conformed to the image of His Son. To be just like Jesus. And to be there in heaven with Him forever. Now, that, that takes the cake. <laughs> I mean, that is better than anything in this world you would ever look forward to. I can't wait to see our son. But i, I got to tell you, I cannot wait to see my Savior, to, to, to hug Him, to lay my head on His breast, the One that loves me so, that He would take me as an abandoned child and He would make me His own. That's the God that we are here to worship today. You know, when a child is born, guess what? They have to be cared for for every single need that they have. You know what happens if, if there is not someone else to intervene for that child regardless of what state they're born in? They will die. You know, that's, that's one of the frustrating things that I, that I see from a legal perspective with the abortion uh, debate and argument, okay? So, you know, there's been all this talk now about the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Well, you know, what's, what's so uh, frustrating to me is that whenever uh, the court decided back in the 70s to, to essentially make up that right out of nothing. <laughs> they came up with this arbitrary term called viability, right? They said that to make themselves be able to sleep at night with, with coming down with that decision that somebody, for some reason, has the right to kill another person. They said, well, if the child reaches a point in pregnancy where they are viable, then we will allow restrictions on abortion. Well, at what point, at what point does a child become viable? I mean, maybe 12 years old? <laughs> really? I mean, at what point can a child truly be able to take care of themselves without the intervention of somebody else? It's, I mean, it's not 25 weeks. It's not 30 weeks. I mean, it is way after they're born. That's why this viability argument is nothing. That's nothing to hang anybody's hat on. You know, when you are born, you've already been alive, right? It's just, that's just a clean date for us to say your birthday, you know? You know, when I was, when I was younger, I was 15, waiting you know, to get my driver's license, I was thinking, man, 
why can't we just, why can't we just count my conception date? And then I would already be able to get my license, you know? You know, but, but we cannot seem to fathom that life begins so much earlier. You know, Meredith and I, y'all know our, our story. We were going through uh, fertility treatments. And so because of that, uh, we were under very close supervision. We were getting checkups and all kinds of stuff. So we knew more about what was going on than most people do. And so we were able to uh, realize that Meredith was pregnant weeks, maybe even a month before some people realize that they're even pregnant, right? And so we got that first little ultrasound. And I'm telling you, I don't know if I've seen the glory of God in a more visible way then when I saw that little, just a few week old baby, right? Just as, as some people would say, it's just a few cells. But it had its own heartbeat. That cow had his own heartbeat back then. And I saw that on the monitor. And you see these flashes of light. And it blew me away. To see his own independent, separate heartbeat from Meredith's. And that was at just a few weeks. I mean, what, what are, are, why are we even still talking about whether abortion is okay or not? Right? It's obviously not okay. It's not okay for us to say some lives are worth more than others. You know, the, 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 counter, the counter to this abortion argument that we have is that some people say, well, what about the situations of rape or incest? What about those? That, it's gonna, it's gonna, that, that not allowing people to have abortions is going to disfavor the poor in society. And what they'll say is, is they'll say that these people in these situations deserve uh, to be able to have an abortion as if that child's life is suddenly less valuable than all the other children's lives than your life right that my parents did not decide to abort me but does that make my life more valuable than another's just because of our circumstances is that really what we believe about the sanctity of human life that God has created. No, it is, it is not about your circumstances, right? As a matter of fact, the policymakers and everybody, they're all nervous about the government being able to provide for the needs of all of these children. And look, there's a place for that. There are so many children that, that are helped and provided for by the government. I get that. Part of my duties as an as a, uh, assistant district attorney is that I prosecute fathers or even sometimes mothers that don't pay child support. Okay, I'm helping from, from the, as a state actor to enforce somebody doing what they should have been doing all along, all, the whole time. You know, to pay for their children that they've abandoned. But you know what? God doesn't mention in his scripture about the government taking care of the fatherless and the widows. You know who he tells to take care of them? 
He tells us, His people, His church, to take care of the fatherless and the widows. You know what's going to happen if, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned and people are going to lose their minds because they're going to say there's going to be so many children that are going to have pitiful lives because nobody's going to care for them and, the, and we're going to go further into debt because the government's going to have to take over. You know who's going to have to step up to the plate? The church of God is going to have to step up to the plate. We are the ones that believe that every life is valuable, that every life is a reflection of the creation of God. And so we are the ones tasked with being the love of God, the hands and the feet of God to the fatherless, to the widows. I hope you're prepared for that. Even now, even now we have people in our community, we have people that are touched with uh, absentee fathers, with, with uh, children that, you know, we, I deal with DHR. We have children that, that either are orphans outright or children that have terrible situations at home and so have been essentially abandoned. You know, there are needs out there that we need to be in prayer and considering how we can be the love of God to some of these children because their parents are not being that. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.